welcome to a new episode of Pro Body Talks. And my amazing guest today is the one and only James Alexander Ellis, one of the best uh, England's, London's coaches, uh, strength and conditioning coach, lifestyle coach, and one of the most inspirational pro fitness athletes. Thank you so much, James, for being here with me. Thanks for the wonderful invite and the wonderful intro. Appreciate that. Yeah, how are you? How's things? It's been a while since I, was like, I last saw you. Yeah, it's been a bit too long since we're pretty much neighbours. Um, yeah, <laughs> I've um, just been jetting around a lot recently. Um, sounds more glamorous than it is. I've uh, been in 12 countries this year. Wow, that's amazing. Nine of them were work-related. been doing loads of different stuff. I've done some consulting. I've done some a bit of speaking. Mm-hmm. I went away with a client to help him with his competition prep. Um, yeah so it's been busy life life is great and uh, it seems like you moved a little bit away from the bodybuilding part of it right yeah i have <laughs> you're looking good though. i prefer this look of yours much more <laughs> yeah um I, i've moved away i mean mostly because i i mean i still live and work in the niche and um it's still what i do but personally i, I decided to retire i haven't officially said I'll retire. Wow, this, this is a big statement to hear this from you now. I didn't know that. Yeah, well, I, it's, it's best for an athlete at the top of their game not to say they've retired. It's best to say, mm, we'll see, because then people are guessing. Yeah, exactly. Um, anyway, I think you look better than ever, to be honest. I much more prefer this look of yours, and you look very fresh at the same time. Yeah, I feel, I feel young. Because it seems like you're getting a lot of sleep. <laughs> yeah, I feel young and fresher and um, I'm fitter and healthier and I've got a better relationship with my body and my diet and stuff. I mean, I don't, I prefer how my body looked when I was a shredded bodybuilder. Don't get me wrong. I prefer that. But um, it's hard to make peace with when you, you've looked a certain way, you know what it's like when you've been shredded, you know, you have off season and you don't feel as good. But worse than an off season is like, going back almost towards normal or normal as we would see it still yeah. athletic for most people True. so that transition is much harder and more painful and it's taken me about a year and a half to like get my head around mm. my body it's, it's the same for everyone or it takes even longer um so guys the subject today because we already started getting slowly into it it's bodybuilding competitions pros and cons of competing mind body mind uh, and soul and how this affects your uh, body mind and soul connection so yeah. we can uh, approach a little bit of everything today but before that James because I know you for such a long time I wanted I wanted you to give me um, a brief bio of yours the way you started in fitness industry and then you started competing then you became a pro you're on you were and you are I think you are now at like literally at the top of your game as you said and uh, just, uh, you know, I want, I want to talk a little bit about yourself so people know more of you and things that you probably didn't tell people so far. Yeah, sure. Um, well, uh, I guess I emerged in the industry in 2012, so seven years now. Um, I started because when I was a PT 10 years ago, when I started as a PT, my, my PT manager was encouraging me to do a bodybuilding competition. I no, had no real interest in doing bodybuilding comp because, I mean... I like to cover models, right? Not bodybuilders. So I'm looking at muscle and fitness and men's health, not, not flex. But, mm-hmm. you know, 
and then uh, and then I um I did a photo shoot because I was getting in really good shape anyway because you know PTs yeah. get more and more obsessed about their physique because oh. when you're when you're when you're at the best shape in the gym and then suddenly you're a personal trainer you want to be the best personal trainer so then you get more competitive anyway even before you go near a stage. Mm -hmm. so I was starting to get in better shape and I did a professional photo shoot with a guy called John Ord who runs Kinetic Studios in my hometown of Gloucester. And this photo shoot was like a fitness shoot. And I was so impressed with the pictures. I was like, this is me? <laughs> oh, I was like, you've not edited this? He was like, no, it's off the camera. And I was like, oh my God, you know, were you scrolling through the pictures? Yeah. And I published them to Facebook and I got an invitation from a guy running NIFMA in Belfast called mm -hmm. Martin Spence. And he was the first person to say, hey, you know, you look great. I want you to invite you to come to my show. So back then I thought an invitation was like some amazing thing. I didn't realize that promoters have to make a living and they invite anyone. But hey, thank you, Martin. <laughs> and, and and I went and did this. Well, that's the survive, right? Yeah, it's fine. I went to do the competition in Belfast. It was like a small show with like a hundred people, and you know when they erect the staging in like a little conference room, and it's yeah. a bit kind of yeah, it's a bit amateur, but I enjoyed it. I came over the trophy, and I had the bug then, so then I did Miami Pro in 2012, and that's when things changed. I did Miami Pro and um, I had this like awesome posing coach, who you know, called yeah. Audrey Caipio, who totally changed, totally changed my world. And she changed the world of most people she worked with um, just because she is such a guru and so passionate. And we got on well and she taught me how to pose and I knew I had a good physique. So when I walked on stage at Miami Pro, I took the win and I was officially like the UK's first pro uh, muscle model champion at Miami Pro. Mm -hmm. So this is 2012. This whole process was video blogged by Jeff Simpson, who we also know, and he also helped change my life and has changed the many lives of many athletes, Jeff Rings Fit Media channel. And he put the video out and it had 2 million views in like six months. Wow. And um, back then in 2012, some of your um, listeners may realize that 2 million views these days isn't that impressive. It's great, right? We'd all like 2 million views, but it was not unheard of. But back then it was unheard of amount of people to watch a fitness video. Mm -hmm. So that just set me off on a path of like, you know, um, setting up a Facebook page to blog my journey to the stage, which is WFF next. And I got more and more. Yeah, uh, yeah, well, I guess. And I guess um, you've been around for a while and you know that back then it was very easy to build up a Facebook page. You just yeah. posted yeah. and you did it regularly and people would follow you and engage. Now it's very different. The industry is different. We can t touch on that. But that was really the thing that set me off. And then I started competing in WFF. I won my pro card very quickly. And people were interested in my journey. And then I set up Instagram in 2012. And then Instagram built fine. And, and from all that kind of notoriety, which is mostly around my competing, I, I was able to work with different clients, sponsorships, um, expos, public speaking, and all that stuff, really. And here I am today, not doing too differently, I guess. I still, I still like social media is a part of my, my business. I guess one thing is like we touched on and just, just try to turn it away from the hardcore end of the industry, making it a little bit more holistic, mm -hmm. mostly in line with my own interests. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. There you go. I that you're still coaching um, people for competitions. And uh, yeah. there is, uh, as I said, pros and cons of competing. Uh, every single coach has their own opinion, their own way of coaching. You know, there's so many ways to skin the cat. Um, you're one of the uh, le least, one of the least, um, people who's got an ego in the industry because the ego is huge so uh when it comes to competing what are the mistakes that people usually do when they start this journey i guess 
the main thing I see as a coach, and yes, you're right, I, I almost exclusively coach fitness competitors and bodybuilders. Um, the main thing I've seen over the years is people's expectations haven't been managed from mm. the start. And when I did this, my expectations were like nothing. So they were, they were perfectly managed. They didn't really have any. And probably for yourself, when you did yours in 2014. But yeah. these days, because of social media and because of like the fact we have so many coaches and so many people are competing, everyone thinks that they're going to be amazing. Everyone thinks they're going to transform in 12 weeks. And everyone mm. thinks that, um, I guess, people feel that people are a bit self-entitled these days, which is yeah. a symptom of Western culture, unfortunately. And it's because of, it's because of the media and because of the way that we learn uh, fast over time. So I think that's the main thing is people come in oh, I want you to change them in 12 weeks. I look at them like, you need a year or two of training before you even start dieting. And you know, you've probably experienced the same thing. I think that's the main mm -hmm. thing. People want to try and run before they can walk. And, and yeah, we have this world now where when I was training, I've been bodybuilding for 10 years before I even thought about doing a competition, maybe even longer. And it's because I loved training. Yeah. But now, at least I'd say probably a third of all fitness competitors aren't doing competitions because they love training they're doing competitions because they want fame and notoriety which is the That's wrong thing. way to do it this is the thing and uh, people need to understand that uh, if this is the main reason why you're getting into fitness industry or you're on a step on the stage it's uh, it's very very wrong and you need to you need to make it out of passion bodybuilding is a beautiful hobby if it's if if it becomes your passion if it's your passion if not uh just forget about it yeah i agree yeah. Um, what other, what mistake do you, do you think you did any mistake in your bodybuilding career so far? Um, or is there anything you would change? Yeah, uh, that's a good question. I mean, I, I had a very fortunate time, um, with my bodybuilding. I did really well. I mean, I didn't win worlds, but I got third at worlds twice. I never won Europeans. This is for WFF for people that don't know. Um, I didn't win Europeans, but I got third. So I was close to winning and that was kind of enough for me. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> I never got too obsessive. I was like, I have to win. I have to win. And I always say to my clients, look, if you're going in just to win, you'd probably be disappointed because there's only one winner. Mm -hmm. and, and, and going in just to win probably won't make any difference to your placing. Like we all believe in positive thinking. Like when you're, when you're training, you can, you can visualize winning. But yeah. if the whole process is driven by like a have to win or it's all bad, um, you might as well yeah, you're not going to do any better by having that type of visualization. Yeah. You work hard and do as hard as you can, but, but don't obsess. Maybe I was a little bit, um, <clears throat> I wasn't ever that committed when I was training. Like Audrey would tell me off. She'd be like, she was like, you're, you're out drinking last weekend. I saw it on your, your social media. I was like, yeah, I'm 12 weeks out. She's like, you can't drink at 12 weeks out. You're doing a pro show. You're going to Vegas. And I'd say, it's fine. I'm good. I'm, I'm ahead of schedule. She'd be like, your competitors aren't drinking. And she'd pick up the phone and she'd find Yako De Bruyne. She'd say, you think Yako is, is drinking at 12 weeks out? Maybe we should ask Yako. And she'd try and wind me up to get a response. She'd, she'd try and make me be a better student. <laughs> mm -hmm. So I knew that it was going to be important for me to have a bit of a balance in my lifestyle. Because if you're competing twice a year, every year for years, you know, you lose your friends and family and you work mm -hmm. and nothing happens. So I was trying to allow some flexibility in. Mm -hmm. and maybe if I'd have been a little bit more tunnel vision, and this is going to be contrary to maybe like health and lifestyle advice. If I'd been a bit more tunnel vision, I might've got a first place instead of a third. 
but I don't regret that because I was able to not exclude all the other important parts of my life whilst I was competing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was definitely a learning curve and uh, like an experience that taught you probably a lot. Um, yeah, you coach both men and women, right? Yes. Okay. What is your preference and what makes it uh, different in terms of mindset when you coach men and when you coach women? Because both they need to have the same mindset when it comes mm-hmm. to competing. And where do you find it more difficult? I found that um, I started coaching more girls for competitions in the last two years. And I've been doing uh, like comp prep online coaching for about five years now. So it was initially like mostly all guys. And my girlfriend said to me, you need to start coaching girls. Otherwise, you're going to be seen as the guy that only coaches guys. So I started coaching more girls. And the, the, the main difference was what I found was that um, girls just need um, a little bit more hand-holding, like maybe emotionally, a little bit more reassurance. And when I first started coaching girls, I was used to guys being a bit more closed off emotionally and not needing constant reaffirming. reaffirming. So I didn't have to say to my male clients, Oh, you look amazing by the way like I'm so impressed you know like it was just quite neutral give them the information and make them do the work mm-hmm. and then I realized with my female clients probably because one of them gave me feedback once she said oh but you know you never really say anything when you see my pictures and you don't really ever say anything nice and I was like oh well I was thinking nice things but this is such a male way to be so this typical male communication I think you have to lose it when you work with female trainees um and maybe be a little bit more open and um be a bit more communicative in terms of like giving feedback and positive feedback Mm -hmm. that's really the only difference and just just accepting that girls can lose fat a little bit more slowly sometimes than guys can and and trying to build in time related to the hormones i suppose and you need to know how to deal with female hormones (laughs) yeah yeah exactly and you know understanding that women have a menstrual cycle which which not only will change during competition prep but does um allow and it's, it's helping girls understand that even though they know they're going to put on weight for a few days every month, when they put on weight, they still freak out if they're doing a comp prep, but they probably wouldn't normally. And yeah. it's like, all right, you're on your period, right? Yeah, I am. Okay, well, it's just your period that's doing it, so don't worry too much. So, But I don't think there's much more of a challenge um, between the different genders. Mm-hmm. I understand. Thank you all for watching Pro Body Talks. We will be bringing you more guests in my upcoming episodes great inspirational human beings so stay tuned we have a lot of valuable information that i hope will inspire you all in the meantime you can support us by subscribing to my patreon account thank you and goodbye everyone